Good morning and welcome to Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and you can find your plan at Delta Dental CoversMe.com. And uh, today here on the program, we're going to be talking uh, all things Community Players of Concord. And uh, joining me uh, in the studio this morning as the uh, Concord, the Community Players of Concord uh, celebrate their 96th season. <laughs> Boy, it's, it's hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And joining us in studio today... The president of Community Players of Concord, Ellen Berger, and the director of the Children's Theater Project's production of Finding Nemo Jr., Karen Braz. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great Thanks, to Ken. have you with us. Always a pleasure to talk theater, especially local theater here in Concord and the Community Players 96 years, uh, Ellen, and uh, uh, we will we will start with you. Just give us a, a little history of how it all began and uh, and how the players continue to thrive after all those years. Yes, well, it is a long story, of course, um, and I want to start by saying that uh, your listeners who really want to get the deeper dive than I can give here can um, go to our website and under the About Us tab, they will find a link for a full-length feature documentary about the history of the players that was produced by Conquer TV after 18 months of research. It's entertaining. It's 90 minutes of, of history about Concord, about the players. So I encourage folks to do that. But um, the thumbnail version, the elevator version, I guess, <laughs> um, is that um, the players started in 1927 as just a group of friends that had this idea of putting on shows. And um, they did that with, you know, not that great a success in those early years. They didn't have any professional direction. But, um, but over the years, along came um, a couple of people who proved instrumental in professionalizing the operation. And um, the players have been putting on shows uh, year-round uh, ever since. Nowadays, uh, the players, and for many years now, the players produce uh, four shows at the Concord City Auditorium every year, and um, it's, it's really quite a polished operation. We have a large studio building in East Concord where we build sets and rehearse and paint and run our meetings, um, but performances are at the Audi, and um, we also do children's theater camps, one in the winter during school vacation, one in the summer. And uh, those camps also produce shows that are performed at the City Auditorium. We um, do other things as well. We have a very robust lending program for our costumes, props, and set pieces. At last count, we have uh, lent those items to over 155 uh, nonprofit organizations, wow. schools, civic groups. Um, so the, the, the genesis of the organization has been almost like a snowball. Uh, we've had our difficulties. Remember, those years included World War II, yeah. the Depression, um, and now most recently, a pandemic. So um, I guess if there's one reason why I would say that the players persevere is the commitment of the volunteers. It's an all-volunteer organization. And the extreme commitment 
dedication uh, accounts for the perseverance. And that's why we're in our 96th year. It is truly amazing. And uh, Karen Braz, you, you have been there uh, quite a while yourself. I have. Yeah. I joined in 1982. So you, you came here uh, into, the, into Concord, uh, and uh, I'm sure you had uh, previous uh, forays into the theater before you came to Concord. Yes, I did. I, my mother was a director. Uh-huh. Uh, she wanted to be one of the first women directors ever back in the 40s. And instead, she got married and had six kids. <laughs> 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 Moved up to the North Conway area. and But she was a founder of a children's theater up there. So when I was seven... I went to see her production of Winnie the Pooh, and um, I saw a little boy who was my neighbor and a year older wearing my pink ballet slippers Ah. as Rue, and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I need to do this. But of course, back then in the 60s, there wasn't the plethora of uh, community theater groups, or, or particularly for youth. Um, but I was able to be involved in what was called the Pyatt Pipper Children's Theater and um, then jumped into it in high school because we did have a theater program at Kennett High School, so mm-hmm. I, I did that. Um, and then went on to Emerson College, um, but that was a huge, you know, kind of like, wow, these people went to, you know, the something-something performing arts school, and I'm just from North Conway, so <laughs> that was a little... Uh, that was a little scary for my 18-year-old self, but yeah. I've, I've consistently been involved over the years. And then when I came here, I started as an actor on stage with the community players. But after, well, it was 28 years ago, uh, we founded the Children's Theater Project, and um, it's been going on ever since. Uh, it's been going on for, for quite some time, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you've been involved since uh, the very start of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's such uh, children's theater is... I, I think, and we were talking briefly off the air before we started the show today, Karen, that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, youngsters are involved in sports, mm-hmm. and, and that's terrific, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but uh, it's not for everybody. No. And uh, I, I think children's theater, I know in the case of uh, my own daughter, uh, I was kind of uh, shy at the time, but, uh, you know, enjoyed uh, the theater program at the, at the Palace in, in Manchester, the mm-hmm. youth theater program. And, uh, you know, it really does a lot for these youngsters. Uh, you know, the, I'm, 99% of them will uh, never go on to, mm-hmm. uh, to the Broadway stage or maybe anything above the, the, the uh, community players of Concord. But it does so much for them. I mean, in a, in a personal way for their development. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, some of the people that have produced over the years with me have noticed um, – a marked increase in a child's um, feeling of confidence and feeling of, you know, just happiness. And overall, they make friends in this little niche of, of theater. Um, and and actually, some of them do end up going on. Oh, sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. We, we have a young man uh, named uh, 
Derek Jordan Taylor, who recently finished a run on Broadway in Funny Girl as really a, wow, as a swing. that's that's yeah. something, yeah. Um, so that was exciting, and there have been other other young people that have gone on. They've gone on to university and studied uh, musical yeah. theater, and have have done summer stock and so on and so forth. But they get their start, the the roots for, and actually when you look at Broadway, probably the roots of many, 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 many of those people start with community oh, theater, sure. with yeah. educational theater in their schools, and then they branch out and, and on they go. Yeah, so, especially today since it's uh, so much uh, more uh, available and mm-hmm. accessible yes. uh, than it once was, oh, as, we have, as you well know. Yeah, we have so many. If, if anybody is interested in getting their kid involved, like you mentioned, there's the palace. A lot of our kids shoot down to the palace. They're in a show with me at Runlet because I also direct at Runlet Middle School yeah. or, or from the Children's Theater Project, and they shoot down to the palace or they go up to the Winnie Playhouse up in Meredith. Yeah. Um, it, there's theaters all over the place. And we, we are blessed with a, a mm-hmm. great theatrical community mm-hmm. throughout this state now. Yes, I yes. mean, whether it be in the Manchester Concord area or the uh, seacoast right. or even in the Keene area. And Concord yeah. has a wonderful educational theater program because most of the schools, elementary, the middle school, Runlet, and the high school, uh, Concord High, all have thriving theater yeah, programs for yeah. the kids. So. We're very blessed that way as that, well. That that is terrific. And uh, Ellen, I know you you've been uh, involved uh, with uh, the players for for a long, long time. Have a, a great uh, history uh, with them, and uh, you you've seen a lot of changes uh, over the years to what uh, to what you do. Yes, um, uh, and but actually, I have to say, I feel like a newcomer because I became involved with the players in 2009 Mm -hmm. when I auditioned and was cast in Godspell. But my colleagues have been with the players since, you know, for 40 years, Yeah, um, yeah. many of them. So I do feel like a bit of a newcomer, but at the same time, a really nice thing about getting involved with the players is that once you you do a show or two, you're in, and and everybody forgets how long you've been there. And people, right. Yeah. People assume I've been there for many decades as well, and and I haven't. But um, I started off as a performer. That is, in truth, my favorite. Yeah. Uh, job yeah. in the players. Um, but um, you know, when you really do get involved, before you know it, you've been in, recruited for this committee or that committee, <laughs> and then they want you on the board. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and Ellen and I actually met many, many years ago when she was a member of the Junior Service League. Ah, oh, that's and, right. and I directed Junior Service League for over 25 years. Wow. So yeah. she wow. was she was in a play. When we performed at the Anacarico Theater, which no longer exists. That's right. right. That's right. In fact, it kind of brings to mind something I was thinking of when you were just talking about, you know, kids getting involved in theater and, like, where do they go from there? Um, Sometimes I talk to um, high school kids and they think, well, I'm not going to Broadway. And I think, you don't have to. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You can do community theater as an adult. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There's so many options uh, these days, uh, just here in the state of New Hampshire, for sure. No, right. no doubt about that. Ellen Berger and uh, Karen Graz, uh, Braz are with us in studio today. And we're talking about the uh, community players of Concord. And uh, you can find a lot more information at communityplayersofconcord.org. But uh, we're just getting started. We have some great productions uh, coming up with the uh, community players starting this very weekend. And uh, Karen will tell us uh, about that, and we'll uh, talk about the uh, the adult season coming up as well, which is uh, starting uh, very soon too. 
right here on the Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we'll be right back. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us. On this Tuesday morning, Ellen Berger and Karen Braz with us from the Community Players of Concord. And again, their uh, website is communityplayersofconcord.org. And Karen, you must be excited because uh, <laughs> coming up this very weekend, it is uh, Disney's uh, Pixar Finding Nemo Jr. Yes. And uh, that's with the children theaters uh, children theater projects uh, production mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're directing that and uh, that uh, is very ambitious yes <laughs> <laughs> yes it is directing in itself is very ambitious but yeah. with uh, 38 young actors ages 7 to 16 it's particularly more uh, ambitious um, we had our first rehearsal yesterday with costumes on stage because you know, doing a show is a layered process of, sure. um, you know, doing music first because this is a musical uh, yeah. on stage. So you do the music first and then you add choreography to some of the numbers and then you start blocking and figuring out where people go. And so it builds and builds and builds until then you move into the audience and you add lighting and sound and mics and all of this stuff. And so last night was the first night that they actually, I mean, obviously they tried their costumes on prior to, mm-hmm. but... Um, the costumer is Kate Mara, and she has created over 100 costumes because of those 38 kids, mm. there's only three that stay the same, Marlon and Nemo and Dory. The other 35 kids play moonfish and sea turtles and these groups and groups and groups and that, that the characters meet on their journey through the ocean. So they have anywhere between two and five changes. Isn't that something? And yeah, wow. that's a lot of costumes for Kate to, to pull together. And she's, ugh, they're spectacular. They're absolutely spectacular. But so the kids were all excited because, of course, uh, they got to try them on and uh, oh, I'm, I'm be sure. on stage in them and go through the show in them. So it was, it was a that, lot of fun. That must have been a, a big night last night oh, it was for a them great to big night. Uh, wear their costumes yes. uh, for, for the first time. Yes. And, uh, you know, how long have has uh, the rehearsal process been going on? Well, we audition in June right before the schools let out for the summer holiday, and uh, we do that because it would be impossible to get the kids back from camps and this and that and mm-hmm. vacations. Sure. So we don't actually, we hand out the scripts, and sometimes we have a first read-through before they, they all disappear, right. but we didn't this year. We had it uh, in August, but we had four music rehearsals at the end of August to sort of try and solidify some of the the musical numbers and then we started for real you know right after labor day so we've been going uh six seven weeks um, yeah. three times a week i mean it, it takes a lot of dedication mm-hmm. uh from you and uh, also from the the youngsters involved and, yeah. and those behind the scenes oh, as well absolutely. absolutely it's a huge it, it it is a very large commitment um we were talking prior to going on the air that you know i've I've spoken to a lot of kids over the years about what it's like because I think that uh, a lot of adults, a lot of kids go to see a a production on stage, Mm -hmm. and it could be anywhere, community, Boston, New York, and they see the final product. They see the lights and the costumes and all of the singing and dancing, and if it's a musical, and and they go, oh, I want to do that. 
but that's the end point. Uh, right. So yeah. there yeah. is there is so much work that goes on before that, and that whole process of going what I like to call it's I stole it from somebody's uh, <laughs> idea, page to stage from the from the page like in the that. script. Yeah to the stage is this enormous process that you have to love doing. And most of them, I 99.9% of them really love that process. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do. And uh, they, they haven't hit the stage yet at the uh, at the Audi, but uh, uh, when do they, do they have a chance to rehearse there before the, yes, the show? Yes, yeah. we always move in a week ahead of time. Oh, okay. So we, yeah. we moved in on Saturday. Ah, we have okay. a, a big, gorgeous, coral reef that we built well we i didn't build any of it but wally pino was the designer he Uh also built it stephen meyer built it rich rick uh silverberg and a bunch of people built it and painted and then we have this amazing scenic artist that has put coral (laughs) as it is um uh, all over it it's absolutely spectacular and beautiful but then we rehearse sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with tech dress rehearsals, and then mm-hmm. we have a final dress rehearsal on Thursday. We perform Friday night at seven and Saturday at two, and oh. then we strike it all and take it back to the uh, to the uh, studio. Wow! <laughs> so two performances. Two performances. Uh, this uh, Friday night and the Saturday afternoon. Yep. And uh, thirty-eight youngsters uh, mm-hmm. in, involved, and, uh, and and they'll be out in front of everyone. But there are so many people that, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, building sets, oh, uh, doing costumes, yep. and uh, it's a, it's a major production. Oh yes, because then when we get into the the Audi, we hand it over to the stage manager, who's Beck Bryson, and Kevin Belville, who's the tech director backstage. He makes sure all the set pieces come and go, and all of that. We have people that are called grips who move all mm. of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we have a person on the fly system that flies things in and out. We have Ron Bryson back running the lights that Stephen Meyer designed. We have Tony Bongiorno, the music director, who's now running the, the music uh, at the back of the house. And he's got a student who's helping with the body mic. So it's just this... I, I don't know, you know, 38 kids, like, count up how many other people are involved. It's easily, I don't know, 50, 55. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot it, It's very exciting. It's, it's got to be exciting for those youngsters yeah, who have, uh, you know, have been involved with other shows in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe especially for those who have never been uh, involved right. in a show. Right, yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's, there's first-timers for sure. We've actually got two little ones. Um, typically the Children's Theater Project runs 8 to 18 Um, Mm -hmm. the camps run 8 to 14 years old but we've got some littles that are like seven uh-huh. um, yeah and uh, a couple of them are in sound of music which is the next show up for the right. players yeah. yeah and we'll be talking about that I know uh, Ellen you're you're in the sound of music <laughs> too huh yes I yeah. am yeah very good but uh, finding Nemo jr this weekend two performances only. Yes. And uh, how are ticket sales going? They're going very well. It's reserved seating. Usually we have general admission and uh-huh. people just line up and hope to grab the best seat, but it's reserved. So you can go on the website. You can see what the seating chart looks like. You can also buy uh, at the door, of course. There, you can you can do that. Um, we'll have the, both the downstage orchestra open and the balcony. Um, so plenty of seats. Um, tickets and, are $15. Uh, yep. $15 for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may be wondering how long the show is because some youngsters have a relatively short right. attention span. Well, with the uh, Broadway junior shows that are done by uh, produced or uh, scripted, um, 
uh, out of a house called uh, Music Theater International. They take Broadway well-known shows and, mm-hmm. and trunk them down to uh, kids' performances uh, level and transpose songs and so forth. So they generally run an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. But I always like to do, particularly when we're at the Audi, I always like to do an intermission mm-hmm. because then the cookie bakers from oh, sure. Friends oh, of the Audi yeah. provide nice refreshments and they ask for a donation and that's money that goes back into the Audi, which is a great great thing to do. So there's a break after the first half of the show and then you come back in and so that's good for little kids. Yeah, um, no, that that, that is that is half. terrific because they probably have business to take care of that's too right. uh, during the intermission <laughs> and and, want cookies. and 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 get those uh, delicious snacks. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that uh, you know the volunteers uh, bake and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's great and uh, it's all part of the uh, experience with the community players of Concord and uh, we'll be talking. Uh, more about the uh, the adult shows uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, again, uh, just this weekend only, two performances. Uh, Friday night at what time? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. The curtain. But the at, house will open at 6.30. And uh, Saturday? At 2 o'clock. House will open at uh, 1.30. And uh, I will mention box office opens 90 minutes before showtime. Mm-hmm. For all the shows? Yes. Okay, very good. Including this weekend. And uh, Finding Nemo Jr., a yes. musical with uh, 38 kids yes, based on, on stage. Based on that Disney movie. Directed by Karen Braz. And uh, we'll be back with Karen and Ellen Berger right after these words. And uh, we'll talk about an exciting new program that uh, just got underway uh, involving the community players of Concord. Right after these words, Kale & Company continues here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. So happy to have Ellen Berger and Karen Braz from the Community Players of Concord with us celebrating 96 years. Yay. And, uh, wow, it's, it's been an institution, obviously, in this city uh, for a long, long time. And uh, we just heard the weather forecast and... Uh, Karen was cringing when she heard that there might be rain on uh, Friday night and 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 Saturday. But you know what? That might be a positive. That's a People great thing. People will be looking yes. for an indoor activity. People come on down to the audience, yeah. see a show, and stay out of the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But at any rate, we're talking about uh, the show, which is happening uh, this weekend, Finding Nemo Jr., a musical with uh, 38 youngsters uh, on stage from at 8 to 16? No, uh, seven, 7. 7 to 16. Se- 7 to yeah. 16, yeah. yeah. A couple uh, of 7-year-olds, huh? Yeah. yeah. And we have uh, a ton of people working backstage supporting us. It, it really is. It takes a village. It's an ensemble. Oh, and I've been telling the kids yeah. that for the longest time. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not all about you actors. Guess what? It's about the ensemble and all working together for this same goal. And, and, and what a learning experience mm-hmm. it is for mm-hmm. them. 
Oh, you know? it, it really is. You know, there's there's that whole sense of, you know, you need to show up on time. You yeah. need to have your lines and all of that stuff memorized and ready to go. You need to be ready to perform. You need to – I was talking to kids yesterday. It's like, you, you guys, you can't wait until Thursday night for the dress rehearsal to bump it up to performance level because you need to know what that feels like, yeah. you know, as, as you're going along in rehearsal time, what it feels like. And then, of course, in front of an audience, you're going to get – way more pumped but oh, um, yeah, sure. but yeah it's and it's it's just that idea of of the camaraderie that you develop with your your fellow actors um learning how to work with adults uh, in your sphere um memorizing things being kind to each other yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot of different life lessons oh no but, no no question about it so i'll I ask both of you this question how uh, are the uh, the shows the plays uh, musicals uh, selected. Uh, how, how do how does the that yeah, process work? I, I I choose mine based on whether or not we we try to alternate in the fall main stage uh, show for the children's theater project between a straight show and a musical, and so not because musicals are more expensive mm-hmm. and they require. Uh, in terms of royalties, of or, yeah, 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 yeah. But MTI, I have to say, Music Theater International keeps it when you do the the junior versions. They keep it um, pretty pretty affordable, unless it's a new title. We did Frozen right before everything shut down for COVID, and um, that was a little bit more pricey. But you know, also it's a newer uh, title. But right. so I try and alternate between, and I just try and find things that not only I'm interested in directing, but I think that would pique the interest of the children and. The audiences, right, and yeah. that's not that's always kind of a gamble because sometimes I pick stuff and uh, we did a show called Shining Princess of the Slender Bamboo a number of years ago and it was this beautiful Japanese that one of their old, oldest legends. And it was a beautiful show, but nobody knew it. It yeah. was kind of like, oh, it's not Annie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come see it anyway. I, I guess familiarity is yes. is very important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And certainly. Familiarity uh, does not breed contempt. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Finding Nemo Jr., very, very popular film. And uh, then it went mm-hmm. on to, to Broadway. And, mm-hmm. and and what about for, for the uh, for the uh, adult shows? Uh, how, how are they selected? Well, there's no one way to do it. There's no one way to do it. Um, and uh, I understand, listening to my colleagues who've been with the players for many decades, that uh, the play, if there's a way to choose plays, this committee, that committee, mm-hmm. one person, three people, um, the players have tried it. Um, however, our format, um, pandemics aside, yeah. <laughs> um, we would um, typically do uh, a musical in the fall, and then we also have a show in February and a show in May. And so um, often what the board would do is months in advance of the beginning of the season, they would come up with a charge. And that means um, saying to whomever is going to do the choosing, whatever committee, we want um, a musical that involves both children and adults. We want a uh, murder mystery and a comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they may add more detail to the charge. And then uh, a group of folks would go out and look for plays that meet the charge. They would read those plays, summarize them, come up with recommendations, come back to the board. It, would, it could be this many-layered involved process and has been in many years. 
In recent years, um, as we've been struggling to get through the pandemic and dealing with the realities of reduced audiences and therefore reduced budgets, um, uh, people being slow to come back to uh, doing stuff out of their homes, uh, and that includes directors and set builders. Mm-hmm. It's been a coaxing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the, the way we've been doing it in recent years is much more streamlined. Uh, to take less time to involve fewer people. Um, But um, this year, we are finally back to what we think is, quote, a normal season. This is the first time since 2019. So we are doing a musical uh, in November. We're doing The Sound of Music. And then in February, we are doing Agatha Christie's Witness for the Prosecution. And in May, we are doing an updated kind of comic version of Pride and ah, Prejudice. Okay. So um, that for us, that would be a pretty, quote, normal season. And those titles, again, were chosen because we still are trying to lure audiences back. Mm-hmm. It's been a steady building process that's going on. And I think you'll hear that from any performing arts sure. uh, group you speak to. Um, and so we were going for the familiar, things that we know that our audiences um, either already know or sort of know. And um, uh, so, yeah, this is not the time for experimentation, but we will get back to more unusual or unheard of titles uh, as the years go on, uh, we think and we hope. And, and when selecting a show, I, I'm sure many people uh, lean toward the familiar anyway, even under the, the best of circumstances. Well, in community theater, that's definitely true because a, a lot of folks who are our regular subscribers, audience members, they're not, quote, theater people. They just like to go to theater. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so they're less apt to say, well, I've never heard of this, and it sounds kind of bizarre, but I'll give it a try anyway. Mm. Instead, they go for things that um, that they know. And that's why if you look at Broadway, you look at what's been on Broadway mm. in recent years. What is it? Lots it's of revivals. revivals. Yeah, yeah. Um, ju- what we call jukebox musicals. Yeah. So a new musical, but filled with music that the people know. And that's because uh, the professional theaters have the same issues, that they need to attract people. And while we all love new and great and never before. Um, it must be sprinkled with the familiar in order for uh, theaters to survive. How much of the decision uh, of what shows you're going to produce uh, is contingent on uh, royalty fees, rights fees, that that sort of thing? Is that does that play a role at all, or? Well, it really should, but <laughs> not really, uh, because. Uh, you find out what those royalties are going to be after you apply to get them. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And so generally speaking, uh, a a slate of shows is uh, arrived at, and only after that decision has been made do we find out what those are going to be. So you don't know ahead of time. No, no, when I I apply through, if if we're doing a musical, and more often than not we go with the Broadway Junior ones, Right. Well, like Ellen said, you you ask for the rights. You tell them the times that you want to do it. Yeah. It's uh, it's if it's not on tour, if it's not if there's not a, a tour from um, Broadway, yeah. they'll they'll often 
just pop you back, you know, the, the license, the contract, and then they, sh they tell you how much it's going to be. Because I've done it for a lot of years, I kind of have an idea of what it's going to be. Yeah, but like yeah. I said, the newer titles are, are definitely more expensive. Um, so then it's a question of saying, okay, where can we make sure that we can afford to do this in terms of producing sets right. and yeah. costumes and all of that? And uh, this, this year, for the first time in 28 years, um, we did what many other companies do, which is ask for a participation fee. Because mm. uh, Finding Nemo Jr., we knew going into it, it was going to be a huge costume show. Yeah. So it, and it would be a question of either um, buying some some of them, but but having Kate buy fabric and do all the building sure. of the costumes. So yeah. we had to do that. There is so much that has to be considered, oh, really, yes. that people never think about. No. You know, the the average uh, theater goer mm -hmm. uh, does, doesn't really think about it, but uh, there's a, a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, the, the Sound of Music coming up November 17th through the 19th, uh, just before Thanksgiving. And uh, th that's a show... Uh, that they, everybody, no, no matter what, no matter how many times they've seen it, whether it be the movie or on stage, uh, I, I don't think people can get enough of, of the sound of music. I mean, no matter where, I saw a recent uh, production where uh, Catherine Martinez, our, our producer and general manager, was in, uh, in Laconia. That was a great production there. And I know it will be uh, at the Audi uh, coming up uh, in November. We'll talk more about that. Uh, after the break, and again, about something new uh, involving the community players of Concord. And uh, I, I promise we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things to talk about. But we'll get to it uh, after this break, uh, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. We are back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. So pleased to have the president of the Concord Community Players, Ellen Berger, with us, and the director of the upcoming production of Finding Nemo Jr., Karen Braz. And that the production is coming up this weekend, folks, Friday at 7, correct? And, that is correct. And the Saturday, too. Yes. All right. Two at shows City, only. At City Auditorium. And there you go. So it's going to be a terrific show, 38 youngsters in the show, and and that is great. And uh, Ellen is going to be uh, in uh, Sound of Music coming up, and uh, that's going to be uh, November 17th through the 19th. That's right. And I'm sure you guys are rehearsing now. Yes, we uh, have a cast of 50, so Finding Nemo wow. has a cast of 38. Wow. <laughs> uh, Sharing the studio yeah. space. Yes, yeah. it's been quite a fall with two very large cast shows. But, yes, we have a, a cast of 50. Um, that includes uh, a large um, group of women who are playing nuns mm -hmm. who sing some beautiful choral music in the stage version. You know, most of us have seen the movie countless times, literally yeah. countless yeah. times. Um, but actually, very few of us have seen the stage version, and the, the stage version came first. Um, and it contains music that is not in the movie, right. mm -hmm. and including this beautiful uh, choral music by uh, a group of women. I, I don't know if it's 16 or 18 of them. It's a lot 
of beautiful female voices doing this choral music wow. that's sprinkled throughout the show. But it does make for an awful lot of folks. And um, some of us, like myself, play very small roles. Uh, I play the housekeeper. It's a non-singing role. But, um, you know, the the children, um, the captain, Maria, I mean, there's all those yeah. familiar characters. And the story, of course, is the same. So how do you cast uh, for these productions? Our auditions are open to everybody. We do not precast. The auditions are announced um, five, six weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, people can keep up with that on our website. They can subscribe to our e-newsletter to let them know when auditions are coming. And then there's a, a couple of sessions. There'll be like a Sunday afternoon and a Monday night. And folks come in. They fill out a form. And there's there might be a group dance audition, and then you sing a little song, very short piece of music, uh, usually of your choosing, and uh, and then you do some readings, and that's it. And then you go home and you wait to hear. Yeah, you wait to hear the result. And uh, again, to keep up with that, uh, communityplayersofconquer.org. And their season begins uh, in in November, and uh, with the sound of music, as we mentioned, and uh, witness for the prosecution in February, Pride and Prejudice, a little as you mentioned, a little, little different take, Ellen, on uh, Pride and Prejudice. Yes, that's right. They call it not your grandmother's Pride and Prejudice. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of a zany uh, version uh, that's going to be directed by Vicki Sandin, who is an excellent director. She's worked with us before. And uh, I've seen her concepts. I've seen the sort of the ideas for the costuming and the set design, and and that's going to be that's going to be fun. And of course, witness uh, for the prosecution is uh, considered by many to be Agatha Christie's uh, best play. Um, it's an incredible drama. There's a a, a movie version from 1957, which is. Uh, you know, the overwrought, overacting style of the day. Um, but uh, it's it's an excellent courtroom drama, a thriller, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely so. So uh, we have been teasing this uh, throughout the program today. We have uh, breaking news, as it were, uh, here on WKXL uh, regarding uh, the community players of Concord. And uh, tell us about that, Ellen. Yes, that's right. We have been issued a challenge by a local donor who has an interest in helping us to uh, secure our future. We're coming up on our 100th anniversary, and this donor came forward and said, I would like to help you exist and thrive into your next 100 years. And so this donor is uh, going to donate $50,000 to the community players as a challenge grant. And our job is to raise the other $50,000, making $100,000, again, kind of focusing on our 100th anniversary. And the idea is that this will be an investment fund, uh, an endowment almost of sorts. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not actually an endowment, but let me just throw that out there. Because the idea is that this money, a minimum of $100,000, will be put into an investment account and it will not be liquidated. It will not be spent. Instead, it will earn and it will appreciate, uh, 
income, dividends, appreciation, mm -hmm. to provide a continuing source of income for the players into the future. And if we can, and we hope we can, we will even leave those earnings in the account so that interest will compound mm -hmm. and we will have a source of reserves should we need them, um, but also also a source of, um, of income year after year. And this is really important, and the donor knows this because yeah. um, our tickets at prices $15 for the children's show and $20 for the adult shows, those ticket prices do not cover the costs of what we do. And therefore, we need to cultivate other income streams. And we've gotten a little better at that in recent years with grants, corporate sponsorships, our annual fund drive. Um, but the, this donor recognizes that having an investment fund that will um, generate income, it could be an important revenue stream in perpetuity for us. And so this thing, which we are calling a fund for the players, um, is, is getting off the ground. And just this week, we are launching the, uh, a fund for the players appeal in which we are asking our supporters to help us raise the $50,000 that we need to meet the donor's challenge. So how uh, are you going about raising that, uh, that other $50,000? Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the information um, just went up on our website uh, yesterday, and um, we will have a letter going out uh, by regular mail to our mailing list of supporters. That's over 5,000 addresses. And uh, we will be using social media, uh, press release, uh, programs like this. And uh, when, don't, when uh, people get word of this or go to our website, they will see that there are many ways that they can give. They can do it by mail, by credit card, by check. They can uh, donate right online. There's a donate button right at the um, a fund for the players website page. They can do uh, a monthly payment that where PayPal, um, you know, taps your account mm -hmm. once per month sure. in, in an amount that you have chosen. Um, so our hope is, is that we are going to sort of get this out there in a big way over the next six weeks and that um, our supporters will be energized by this challenge and help us reach our goal in pretty short order so that we can get back to doing what we like to do best, which is putting on theater. All right. But, of course, it takes money. And uh, what, what a, uh, an amazing uh, contribution from that uh, anonymous donor. That uh, is, is really something. It really is. You have, you know, a, an organization like the Players, our um, annual budget is $100,000. Wow. And when you see our – which – by the way, listeners, is not a lot. That's a little. Um, we we own a, a large building. We, as Karen has described, we we have dozens and dozens of people, and um, the work that we do is is not normally doable on one hundred thousand dollars of income right. uh, yeah. per year. Yeah. Um, but we can do it because of these other um, sources of revenue. So for a donor to come forward and say, we're going to give you $50,000, yeah. 
yeah. is oh, man. Yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. It is huge for us. That's half and the yearly budget, right? right? Yeah, right there. Exactly. Yeah. And the donor knows this, and they yeah. know that this will be a huge boost. And so we hope our supporters will be energized and help us to meet this challenge. And I will mention, Ken, we did some quiet fundraising already. And uh, I'm not positioned to tell you the number, but we have made substantial progress already. Wow. Oh, that is we great. We are within shooting distance of our goal. So we, we really hope that our supporters will say, yeah, I want to help you, and uh, will help us basically double their money. That is really something. And, uh, again, uh, a great patron of the arts has, uh, has donated that uh, $50,000. And uh, as, as you mentioned, Ellen, half the yearly budget uh, of the uh, community players of Concord. So uh, that is a, a very generous donation. So, folks, give what you can. And, again, the uh, website is communityplayersofconcord.org. Don't forget we have uh, Finding Nemo Jr. coming up this weekend. And uh, if, in fact, it is a rainy Friday night or a rainy Saturday, it's a great place. And uh, go to enjoy not only the show itself, but the, the intermission with all the, the great <laughs> cookies and, and everything else at intermission at a uh, community, Concord Community Players show, Community Players of Concord. And uh, Ellen Berger, president of the organization, thank you uh, for being here. Always like to talk some theater on the show. And uh, Karen Braz, uh, best wishes uh, this weekend. I know Thank it's going to go great. It's a terrific show. And The Sound of Music uh, coming up in November the 17th through the 19th. And uh, you can buy tickets online right now, correct? That's right. All right. So, you know, that, that Sound of Music, one of, one of the most popular mm. shows ever. That's right. And uh, I think you'll, you'll pack the place. How many performances? There are three for The Sound of Music. Three for The Sound of Music, 17th through the 19th, just before Thanksgiving. Then Witness for the Prosecution in February. A, a different twist on Pride and Prejudice uh, during the month of May, early in May. Ellen and Karen, thank you so much. Great to have you with us. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, And that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thank you very much for joining us here on this Tuesday presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And remember, always look on the bright side of life.